from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jade Harrell. St. Louis-based DJ Alexis Tucci brings the party. Take a shot. And that's DJ Alexis Tucci's mix called Unicorn Sunrise. And joining me now is the one and only DJ Alexis Tucci. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing today? Well, I am spectacular. And I'll have to say that that bop in that mix has really lifted my spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It has a tendency to do that. That's why I keep doing it, I think. I think so. Well, then take take (laughs) us back to the beginning and how you fell in love with DJing anyway. In the beginning, how did you fall in love and knew this is what you wanted to do? Uh, I was fortunate enough as a very young teenager to fall into one of the original house uh, warehouse parties in St. Louis, Missouri. And um, I never experienced anything like it before. The lights, the energy, the collective group of humans that were so diverse but still seemed to have a common bond um, on the dance floor. And I fell in love with it and first started producing events, um, really is how I fell in love with it, building rooms so people could celebrate together. And uh, the more I got into it, the more the people around me were playing house music and I wanted to be a part of that energy. Um, I definitely didn't start with house music. I thought I was going to play some more down-tempo, dub, reggae, acid jazz, trip-hop stuff that was um, something you couldn't find a woman playing back in 1990. Um, And then right after that, I realized that it was a lot easier to mix house music because of the 4-4 beat and started learning how to, you know, how to move a dance floor with house music and Once it started, I couldn't stop. It just kept going and going. (laughs) Did you bring something different to it? You know, back in the 90s, there weren't very many lady DJs, lady jocks. Yes. Uh, What did you bring differently that opened the door and says, you know, hey, we're here and you should pay attention? Oh, what did I bring differently? I think just being a woman representing house music was something that was unique and different. I think that um, I have been inspired by live instrumentation and live bands at the same time I was falling in love with house music. So as I started to collect dance music, I wanted stuff that reflected... um, you know, a, a depth within the sound. I wanted to hear live instruments. I wanted to hear vocals. I wanted messages of, you know, uplifting energy. And I think that my love of live instrumentation with my house music has what separated me from others. DJing also has evolved over the years. You've been doing it for uh, a few days now. <laughs> uh, what are <laughs> About 29 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are the tools of your trade? How do they look to those uninitiated, maybe even our children? Uh, you mentioned live instrumentation, but when we're, we're digitally creating mixes, it's, it's a bit different. What are your tools of the trade? True. 
Well, up until eight years ago, I played on vinyl only. I was real stubborn and wanted to stay to the traditional um, aspects of DJing and being a selector on vinyl and using just turntables and a mixer. However, about eight years ago, I found Burning Man and in a desert filled with sand and dust and also on moving vehicles. I realized that that was holding me back. So I started uh, collecting digital music and using flash drives and CDJs. Mm. I unfortunately am still stubborn <laughs> and uh, set, <laughs> set those digital devices to vinyl mode. So I still mix as if I'm playing records. I just use digital files this time. That sounds extremely exciting. As you <laughs> built your career over the years, uh, you've become... You're getting a lot of attention. You become even more notable. Uh, your popularity in LGBTQIA clubs and parties is further interesting because you're a mom, too. <coughs> you're rocking full clubs Sorry. and um, you're taking care of your, your young ones. Uh, several DJs are parents, but how do you manage to ba balance them both? <laughs> Well, I was very fortunate about 14, 15 months ago to get discovered on the East Coast by a promoter from New York City who produces um, gay events, uh, dance events, circuit events are what they're called around here, and had um, fell in love with some of my design work as an as a event designer. And through that relationship, I was able to start um, DJing in front of this audience and for whatever reason the message and the tone of the music that I play really resonated with this audience and now it's expanding to all of those that fall under that umbrella um, and it's been a whirlwind I went from zero to a thousand overnight um, and I've wow. been touring ever since um, I am very fortunate to have a beautiful relationship with my ex-husband and his current wife Cassie um, his name is Chris and they are Tremendous. They have two smaller children, which provides a bit of a more consistent anchor and a family structure for my teenage boys. And when I'm on the road, they hold down the fort and keep everything moving at a steady pace with my children so that I don't have to worry about them. And it's a beautiful relationship. I'm forever indebted to them for allowing me to live out my dreams mm -hmm. and to be able to finally have a sustainable career that will help me afford you know, the future for my children. Well, that brings into to mind the part of the conversation. While we are, we are thrilled and excited about the strides you're making, the, the world you're touching, the lives you're, you're rocking, <laughs> many, many of us struggle with that idea of, okay, what about this part at home? It, it took some help. It took some arranging to be able to follow and continue to pursue your dream. What is your recommendation for that for others who may be dreaming but put it on the back burner oh. to be parents? Oh, don't put it on the back burner. That's my biggest piece of advice right now to most anybody that is struggling with a career or a job that doesn't feel right to them. I think that, <clears throat> pardon me, um, I think that um, there's no time like the present to figure out ways to follow what means the most to you. As a young woman in the electronic music scene, way back, <laughs> way back in the day, um, it was um, it was really important for me to present myself as a businesswoman because I felt I had something to prove in this industry. And it took a lifetime and a lot of encouragement from my father and my family. Um, and then also the experience out at Burning Man, which is really a creative 
a creative oh, environment yeah. with no ceiling that taught me how to lean into being a creative and an artist as a producer of events as well as a DJ. And the more I let go of trying to force myself to be something that I'm not, mm. I'm not the best businesswoman, but I do know how to market and be creative. Once I leaned into the creative side of myself is when my shows started to sell out and when my career as a DJ really started to bloom. And it's difficult to tell people to take that leap of faith when you know, consistency and stability feels like the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a little discomfort and a little faith in yourself and a little trust in the part of you that is screaming to be fully recognized. Um, I have yet to see it fail in the mm. friends that have leaned into it and allowed it to be, you know, in their future. And when I've done that is really when the doors flew open and... Um, everything that people had told me about my future as having a greater impact than where it was when I was younger, I now feel like I'm living because I have right. completely let go and trusted that my intention and my heart and my music selection is enough to get me where mm -hmm. I need to go. It sounds like you proved yourself right. How do your children see it today? <laughs> I mean, around me, they're not very impressed. <laughs> but um, but when I catch them talking to other people yeah. around the corner, you know, they are pretty excited about it. Um, it's exciting. You know, both of my children are free to be whatever they want to be. Um, my younger one is exploring all different personalities within himself. And I hope that my environment that is so open and accepting and loving gives both of my children that opportunity to be their truest selves earlier in life than how long it took me to find mm -hmm. myself. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're very supportive. They're very supportive. I'm actually bringing them out to meet a bunch of my friends on Fire Island in August, and I think it'll be nice for them to see what their mom's been doing all this time. That sounds exciting. So I come from that house and disco generation with you, and I remember a song last night, that. A DJ Saved My Life. Do you yes, approach your sets, your parties, your nights, as though it's, it's the last dance of our lives? You're here to do I so. I absolutely love that question. That is a beautiful question. Um, it, that is absolutely how I feel. I'm so, I'm so grateful for these opportunities. And the love that's exchanged between my dancers on the dance floor and myself, it's a two-way street. I, you know, I absorb so much energy from them and their love and their attention on the dance floor and they know that so they push up to the front mm -hmm. and make sure they lock eyes with me to give me that energy and for that I pour my heart and soul into everything I do and I mean I come off of it looking like I ran a marathon I, it's like we really get into As it you really celebrate each other that's right As and you, um, you know and it is and nothing is given to us tomorrow. Today is all we have, and we have to celebrate like it is the last dance. And, uh, you know, for that, I feel like every opportunity that we get to share through that music is just as great as the time before. Mm. Well, we have uh, actually heard from a friend of yours, someone who... Uh, really honors and respects you. We talked to one of your former DJ friends, James Leash, who went on Jimmy No Show back in the day, and he let us yes. knows what he let us know what he thinks makes you special. Alexis is a straight woman, but I say she has gay energy. She is, you know, this straight mother <laughs> too, but she's got this energy, and you're just like, oh my gosh, you feel like you belong to my tribe. Like I, I vibe with you, right? You know, as a gay man, seeing someone who's not like a straight white man being a DJ, <laughs> that just gravitated 
me towards her. Like, I was like, we've got some women in the mix here, right? Which is not unheard of, but at that level that she's at, Alexis was certainly, like, up there with the guys. Not just, like, holding her own, but kind of showing them what was up, right? (laughs) So... It was natural that you'd kind of, as a gay man, be drawn to her like, okay, who is this like outsider in this group? She stands out, right? And then, you know, she starts playing and you're like, holy cow, she's incredible. Then you're really taking notice, right? Because she's not just the beautiful woman on the set for the guys. She's like, oh, no, I'm a legit DJ and I'm going to bring it. And another old school song must be the music. While I'm sure that's there, Alexis, hearing that... Can you help us understand how do you connect with so many different different audiences all over the world? Oh, that makes me emotional, that, <laughs> that piece. That's awfully nice of him to say. Um, yeah. I just, I grew I was raised by the gay community because house music and, um, you know, the gay dance scene were synonymous back in the 90s. I think just by natural tendencies they ended up to separate in St. Louis Um, they haven't in other bigger cities but St. Louis kind of took a divide but as far as the foundation and where I was built from it was built on community and looking out for each other and it was built out of love and creativity and it was a community that all rallied together for these experiences that was my foundation then you add you know the love and support of my family and my father and Mm. you know the people as I continued to grow year after year after year around some of the most beautiful people that energy in and of itself is the essence of what I play and then like I said with live instruments and vocals with messages that matter and being able to select music that I feel will transcend through people's you know hardships and uplift them through that um, I I when I listen to music I close my eyes and imagine them dancing and imagine them you know releasing themselves on the dance floor and with that it's um, that's basically what allows for me to choose those tunes and be able to put them together. Plus, let me just say, I've learned from the best. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm definitely not first generation. There are so many people sure. that came before me, men or women, that were able to narrate a story with the same level of attention and care and love. And they taught me how to do it right. They taught me how to, you know, honor the trade in and of itself and then also honor my audience. Mm-hmm. There's something spiritual and in that energy that keeps expanding with you. How did those experiences that you've had lead you to your own event, even Night Chaser, which is your own production, Night Chaser? Night Chaser started at the same time I kind of discovered Burning Man. I really Mm -hmm. like do market a lot of my growth pattern to being given um, a new lease on life that showed me how to live larger than life in a creative way. And it, you know, Night Chaser for us was to figure out how many people, how many average people, normal people, people that aren't maybe the club kids, come out and celebrate and then be exposed to a diverse audience, a creative audience, a gay audience, excuse me, and also, you know, find a way to participate themselves. My goal is to create an immersive experience, whether it's as a DJ or as a, an event producer, to where the guests who buy their ticket 
feel like they're doing their part by being present. So they dress up, they love each other exponentially, they know that it's not about drama or disrespect, it's about celebration and community. And it's not always, it doesn't always come naturally to someone who just walks in the front door, but by the end of the night, they are fully integrated to the whole experience. And that's what I'm trying to achieve both as a DJ and as a producer. That's fantastic. So take us through that experience from how you approach it. Start your night out what way and look for what, and then you take us where, and then you leave as a, us as a with DJ? what. Yes. As, no, as DJ Alexis Tucci. Tucci, got it. <laughs> well, I mean, it really depends on kind of the energy of the room. I don't, I don't plan out my sets in advance because I don't know how people are going to be feeling when they walk through the front door. So I wait for the room to build. Usually I try to start with something very ethereal and deep Mm -hmm. that kind of summons everybody to the dance floor, brings them in. And then I like to, um, I don't know, vocals are really big in this market. So as much as I love Afro House, and when I was in a live band with my ex-husband as the DJ, I played a lot of Tech House and Latin House. Is a bit harder and a bit punchier. This audience currently really loves the vocals and loves the storyline. Mm-hmm. And I think what I have been very fortunate, I'm so lucky, I'm so lucky, Ed, is that I, this audience allows for me to tell a story. So they don't come with expectation other than they want to feel something. So I can, my goal is to have a long set, anything over two hours, preferably four hours is my preference. And then I can cover a lot of ground. I can start ethereal, I can get into vocals and have, you know, something that's very uplifting and that builds to crescendo with something that's harder and punchier, a little bit more techno oriented. And then I like to tug and pull on the audience if I have them where it gets, Mm. you know, it swells to something intense and then drops into some really beautiful vocals, um, you know, sneak attacks on them. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes you see the room kind of turn and I want them to be dancing with each other. And then other times as that music builds, their focus shifts back to me and then we're together. And so it's it's really, it's a whole storyline. I have mm. a lot to say. It's usually based on how I'm feeling that day, too. Right. That but goes into in it as well. Audience, right. Yeah. Yeah. How do you like to say goodbye and sign off, as we do? Oh, how do we like to say? I think that I it's really ending with something that's very beautiful. Usually something that had... Either I've got like a surprise track they haven't heard yet that I know is going to get them, or some track that had... Um, had some weight at a previous show mm. that is like a throwback reminder. And it's usually some sort of very beautiful vocal that represents us all being together and sharing in love and community. And I'm usually in tears by the end of it because we're all having such an amazingly, <laughs> you know, inspirational moment together on the dance floor. And it, I like to applaud my audience because they are the other half of the performance. And they yeah. know that, you know, they know that their energy has everything to do with my energy. And that probably makes each night unique and special. DJ Alexis Tucci, thank you for joining us and being a part of the DJ and clubbing scene for almost three decades and continues. Founder of Night Chaser, Alexis Tucci, thank you once again for being with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.